0: listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks very much for tuning in. In the late 1980s, a reporter sat outside then Senator Gary Hart's house in secret, waiting for him to emerge with a woman who wasn't his wife. The reporter was investigating to see if Hart was lying to the public about not having an extramarital affair. As it turned out, He was lying and the private lives of public officials became fair game. Think of how much more we know or think we are entitled to know about public officials in their private lives since the Gary Hart scandal. Uh, How about celebrities who also choose to be public figures? How about private citizens with important jobs that serve the public? Where does the line get drawn where investigative journalism becomes an invasion of privacy or voyeurism? A new hit podcast called Missing Richard Simmons has inadvertently raised some of these questions. The host, Dan Taberski, was a casual friend of Simmons before he disappeared from public life. In 2014, the podcast takes us to stakeouts outside of Simmons' house, has us knocking on relatives' doors and relentlessly pursuing the missing icon. Is this fair? Is it fair to aggressively track down a guy who was otherwise saying he wanted to be left alone? Is this journalism? And should we be applying the standards of journalism to Uh, Dan Taberski and what he's doing and this work, this podcast that people are listening to. Joining me now to talk about this subject is Candace Fortman. She is the marketing director here at WDET and a fan of Missing Richard Simmons. Candace, welcome to the show. Good morning, Stephen. Absolutely. And Lee Wilkins, a professor and chair of the Department of Communications at Wayne State University, also joins us. Welcome to the show, Lee. Good morning. Yeah. Uh, Candace, I'm going to start with you because uh, we are Facebook friends, which (laughs) means that I have seen how much of a fan (laughs) you are of this work. Uh, uh, you you've had uh, many posts about uh, how how in enraptured you are, I guess is maybe the word, by by this this narrative. Absolutely. Tell me what's what's interesting about it for you.
1: So for me, I, you know, I was born in 1981, so Richard Simmons is sort of always just been a character in my life. He was the guy on the infomercials, right? Yes. Or on a talk show. And so who Richard Simmons was as a human being outside of being the person in those shorts... Really had never crossed my mind, and quite honestly, I didn't even realize that Richard Simmons was missing, um, and likely would have gone my whole life not knowing that until so you I weren't
0: really missing him.
1: I wasn't missing him at all, um, and so until I read the Washington Post article about the podcast, and it, it was it raised so many questions. I said, "Well, let me just check out the first episode," and I was hooked immediately. Um, not because of the question of Richard Simmons being missing, right, but because of learning who Richard Simmons was and sort of this life that I would have never even considered about what he had been to people and the way he touches um, the lives of the folks that he interacts with, which is something I wouldn't have considered before.
0: So, I mean, it really is that peeling back for you of this layer of, I guess, privacy is what you'd call it, that he had in the sense that you didn't know these things before, but but seeing behind that facade for you uh, is not just interesting, but but captivating.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I, I've been telling everybody, it's like a, a really great character study, right? So it, it's it's learning something about a human being who you have put in a box and you have said, this is who they are. They are a clown. They are, you know, they're a caricature, right? And then learning that this person um, is is so much more and quite honestly, maybe if you would have been just paid a little bit more attention, you would have seen that for yourself without the podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lee Wilkins, professor and chair of the Department of Communications at Wynn uh, talk about how this fits in the narrative of what journalism is today, how it's different from what it used to be, and what privacy looks like today as opposed to the way it used to look before. I brought up in the intro the the, the Gary the the very famous uh, Gary Hart incident, which is famous not just in, in, in political circles but in journalism circles. I mean, it really did change uh, the way newsrooms thought about privacy as it relates to to public officials. Uh, We're in a really different space, though, with this Richard Simmons thing.
2: We're in a really different space. So let me try to answer the questions, the three questions you asked, Stephen, um, but in a little different order. Uh, Those of us who, who write about it say privacy really is two things. One, it's control over information about you. And two, it's control over the context in which that information is understood, so you might tell your best friend something about you, and it might not be particularly flattering, but you, you, you give that information, you convey that information to your friend because they know you, they know the context. Um, it's not, you wouldn't necessarily want it on the front page of the newspaper, or maybe you wouldn't even want it on Detroit today. So you know, that's about the context in which it's understood. Um, The Gary Hart thing, which I, I do think ushered in a new era, points up what, for journalists, is a really crucial distinction, and that's a difference between a public official, someone who has the capacity to affect our lives in profound ways, and a public figure, someone who, under certain circumstances, might have the capacity to affect our lives, but not in the same way that, say, a president does. So the difference is often, you know, a public official is a president, a mayor, a governor. A public figure can be anybody like a celebrity, so somebody like Brad Pitt, or the football coach uh, for Michigan or Michigan State, okay? They don't have the capacity to affect our lives, sorry sports fans, (laughs) in quite the same way that...
0: Speak for yourself, Lee. They affect my life every weekend. <laughs> I know, weekend. you
2: bleed blue and gold. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, but it's, I mean, it's, it's that different level of, of effect on all of us as, as citizens. Um, the thing about Richard Simmons is, uh, and I'm a little bit older, so Richard Simmons was not a figure in my, in, in, in my life growing up. But I have listened to and, listened and read a bit about the podcast, and I'm sorry. To me, it's stalking. Wow, um, if wow that's a
0: very powerful word. T-Rose.
2: It is a very powerful word, and I used it on purpose. Um, <laughs> if you're somebody's friend, if you're really their friend, and they say, leave me alone, most of us know that that means exactly what is being said. Leave me alone.
0: And not only leave me alone, but don't then take the the pursuit of me and information about me and expose it to to the world, I mean, I think that's that's and even, you know, even beyond the, the the issue of stalking, which which clearly I think is an appropriate thing to describe about this behavior, the the public nature of it takes it to even a, a different level. I think.
2: Right, and and I my understanding is that the person who's actually doing this podcast. Um, was before this person did this. This person was a network television news reporter, and then spent some time on um, Comedy Central. So one of the things I can say is 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 that is that the author of the podcast has serious storytelling skills. Yes. Um, and I and I think that we we get caught up in the loveliness of the narrative, if you will, while sort of forgetting that at the core of this narrative is a human being who should be allowed to make choices that that don't necessarily assuage my curiosity about that person.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, This is Detroit Today I'm one 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guests are Candace Fortman, the marketing director here at WDET, and Lee Wilkins, the professor and chair of the Department of Communications at Wayne State University. We are talking about the podcast, Missing Richard Simmons, uh, a podcast by a friend or a former friend of Richard (laughs) Simmons, uh, about him trying to unearth Richard Simmons after after he decided that he didn't want to be part of public life anymore. What do you think about that kind of journalism? Is this journalism? Is this blurring the lines really between journalism and stalking as Professor Lee Wilkins described it just a few minutes ago? Uh, Are you listening to Missing Richard Simmons and maybe enjoying it? Is there a sort of a voyeuristic enjoyment that you're getting out of that podcast? Give us a call, 313-577- 1019 to join the conversation. Talk about the line between privacy uh, and public figures. Talk about the, the The line between journalism and stalking. These are things that I think are blurring a bit in uh, the modern sort of media. Environment again 1019 is the number to join the conversation. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work your comments into the conversation. We have a clip from uh, the podcast, missing, missing Richard Simmons, which I want to which I want to play now, so we can hear what this narrative, this compelling narrative, actually sounds like.
3: I am Dan Taberski. Three years ago, to the day. Richard Simmons completely and inexplicably stopped being Richard Simmons. And I want to find out why. He may never talk to me. He may sue me or publicly excoriate me. But honestly, I'm good with all that, except for the suing part. Why am I doing this? Because that year I got to know Richard made me even more fascinated than I was when I first proposed that documentary. I think he's important. So much more so than his goofball public persona lets on. And also, because a lot of people who know him and whose lives have been changed by him, they're worried or angry or full of grief. Some wanna save him. Some just wanna know he's okay. So over the course of this series, I'm looking for Richard. I'm reaching out in any way I can and exploring every theory. The goal isn't to drag him back. It's to find out why someone like him would ditch the world. This is Missing Richard Simmons.
0: That, of course, is a clip from the podcast Missing Richard Richard Simmons with Dan Taberski. Give us a call if you think what you heard there is voyeurism, is intrusion into the private life of Richard Simmons, or do you think this is just uh, the way journalism is going to be framed now and into the future? Again, 313-577-1019 is the number to join that conversation, 313-577-1019. Lee, I want to start with you after that clip. Uh, one of the things that I think is almost uh, devilishly genius about what Dan Tobersky says there is that he frames this as something that will help Richard Simmons, something that will make him seem more favorable, help, help people understand more about who he is. And I don't think if you could talk to Richard Simmons uh, that he would agree that that's what the motive is here or the effect.
2: I think you're right, Stephen. I haven't talked to Richard Simmons, so let me say a couple of things. <laughs> um, it's a really compelling intro. Um, you know, as somebody who likes to write compelling uh, openings, it, 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 he gets an A. Yes. The problem is it's also disingenuous. You know, he says, it's Richard Simmons all right. So folks who have delved into the podcast a little bit will know that because of it, uh, the local authorities have actually done wellness checks on Mr. Simmons. Right. And the fact is, he is okay. He just wants to be left alone. So to me, when you say, well, part of the reason I'm doing this is to make sure he's all right, asked and answer. Don't need to do this anymore. Right. Uh, and, and so I think you know that, that's so the problem.
0: Because then the question becomes, what's the purpose of... Podcast. What's the right. The
2: and, podcast? and if the purpose is to say, why would someone who has had celebrity status want to live in a less public venue, there are probably better ways and perhaps even better people to ask that question of than someone who gives off all sorts of Real concrete signals that this is what he does not want to do with his life right now. That should be okay. Um, And since you've asked it a couple of times, I I am going to say just so the listeners will hear, this is not journalism, just so folks understand. This is entertainment, and like I said, for me, this is stalking. This This is... potentially criminal in some in some regions if if we had a person who was doing this to a student on the Wayne State University campus I would be calling the cops
0: wow so but when you say it's not journalism i, I mean I, I i'm certainly not going to argue i don't i don't <laughs> think it is either but i do think that the way it's presented makes the answer to that question a little more confounding. It's presented as journalism. It's almost, I mean, the the podcast format, uh, the, the way he's telling the story, it seems as though it's journalism, and that's part of the problem.
2: It feels journalistic in the sense that it's storytelling, and it, this is one of those times where I wish we journalists would stop saying that we're storytellers. <laughs> if we really were just storytellers, we'd all be working in Hollywood, and we'd be making a <laughs> whole lot more dough. Um, when I do journalism, I tell stories with a public purpose, and it's that public purpose onto the storytelling that is crucial, and I think that distinguishes it from many, many other kinds of storytelling, all of which are can be art or valid or you might not like it or, you know, whatever it happens to be. The other thing I think that's confounding about this, and you're absolutely right, is we don't think of privacy in the same way that we did even 20 or 10 years ago, and, and that in and of itself is confusing to those of us who have to cover the news. Actually, I think we're a little less confused, but it's really confusing to audiences and to citizens and, and to people who want information about what's private and you know, what's not, and we're, you know what, what are the distinctions, and, and, and might something be private in one context and very public in another? Um, these, are, these are tough questions. They take a while
0: to think your way through. Yeah. Uh, Candace Fortman, uh, I, I want to get your reaction to that opening strain of this podcast. I mean, it-, it is very compelling. It sucks you in immediately. And yet there is that, that clear manipulation almost of the story that, that I think was pretty obvious and uh, an indication that this is going to be intrusive into this man's life.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I don't think that anyone listening to the podcast, anyone who has actually listened to the podcast doesn't get to a point where you feel like, hmm, well, that felt uncomfortable, right? Um, there, There's a point where he goes to see Richard's brother that felt really wrong because of the way he approached it. Um, and, and Richard's brother calls it out immediately, and it's a part of the tape, right? Um, but that doesn't stop Richard's brother from talking to him. Right. So, as much as Dan is is at the table for whatever risk he's taken here, so are the many people who have decided to talk to him, including the people who are still talking to Richard, right? Um, there have been managers and publicists and his brother um, and close friends. Even the maid, like when he goes to the house, does, and the maid is the one person in this story who definitely is still um, a part of Richard's life. Um, it, it's, it's, it talks to Dan, right? right Even right. though she could have chosen not to. Um so that that does still raise questions for me um uh, uh, about how truly like stalker feels strong for me in some ways simply because there are people who are signing up to do this. Yeah. Who could say no?
0: They could say no and and one of the questions I think is why they why they don't. I mean it's it's one of those things where you're like this guy needs better friends. He, <laughs>
1: everyone around him is terrible.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, yeah. I, but and 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 but in the same breath for the for the most part the people who spoke to Dan don't say anything that is for and I'm saying for the most part. They don't say anything that feels um Completely intrusive. Right. They don't say things that are mean. Um. They they clearly love him and they do miss him. Right. That but is
0: by, a but the mere act of talking for this is a betrayal. If of, these were my friends, uh, they would no longer yeah. be my friends. <laughs> That's right. All right, Candace Fortman, marketing director here at WDT. Lee Wilkins. Professor and Chair of the Department of Communications at Wayne State. Thank you very much for being here on Detroit Today. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you. Absolutely. That's going to do it for me today. I'll I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station. See you tomorrow.